It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everyone, to the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live and Locked On Magic. Today is November 19th, 2017, or November 20th, 2017, if you're listening on Locked On Magic. My name is Phil Prosperenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Today... We're here on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. We're going to talk all about Saturday's loss to the Utah Jazz, a 40-point disappointing defeat that uh, has us feeling like it's 2017 again. And it is 2017, but the 2017 season, and that's not a good thing. Uh, So I'll talk a little bit about the Magic and some of their struggles and maybe how we have to kind of recalibrate some of our expectations for this team or who this team is or or readjust them back to where they they are. Um, So... Uh, we will we'll talk all about that. We'll also talk about, we'll also do um, the mailbag. Uh, I've been soliciting your questions for the Orlando Magic Daily mailbag. I'll be coming out with that hopefully Monday afternoon. That'll that'll publish up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. So be on the lookout for that. We'll we'll talk. We'll I'll answer a few of those questions here on today's show. If you join the show, be sure to leave your comments. You can find them over there. Um, just write a comment. I want to interact with you, hear what you have to say about this team and about where this team is. So let's get going. I can't avoid it. I didn't want to talk about it. I, you know, it, 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 but we can't avoid it. The Orlando Magic got beat by 40 points on Saturday night. A one, uh, what was it, 188-88 loss to the Utah Jazz, something like that. Some ungodly number that, that should never happen. A, a game that was... In Frank Vogel's words, the worst game the Magic have played all year. Uh, a, an effort that was, frankly, just embarrassing. Um, there's no excuses for that. I wrote this. I was watching the game. I was watching the game. Uh, I wasn't able to attend, but I was watching the game. And just, there is, to me, no excuse for any NBA team, especially an NBA team with playoff aspirations. But even if you don't have playoff aspirations, even if you are the worst team in the league and tanking and trying to get a top pick, there is zero excuse to trail any team by 46 points. Period. Full stop. That's that's where I stand on this. I, I I'm sure I said that last year, but just absolutely final score is 125 to 85. Just absolutely no excuse to to just get beat that bad. To 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 get beat by 40 points takes as much effort as it does to blow out a team to win a game by 30 by 25 30 points. To lose by 40 points, you have to be playing just unbelievably bad. This isn't a, oh, they were hot, we were cold. No, if they're hot, you're cold, maybe you lose by 25. To lose by 40 means you are not putting in the effort. And I hate using the effort word. I hate saying, oh, they're not playing with effort. They're not playing with that. With no, when you watch the game on, on, on Saturday... The Magic did not put in the effort they needed. They were weak on pick and rolls. They were sloppy with the rotations. They were lazy on offense. They weren't moving ball. And the players seemed to know it after the game. 
They seem to all say, we did not play the way we need to play. And obviously, that's easy to say after the game when you lose by 40 points. But they seem to be able to diagnose what's wrong with this team, but they can't seem to get over it. It was the same thing that happened last year, it seemed. The Magic know they're better than this. We know they're better than this. We expect them to be better than this. And yet, the Magic just just, just kept on... They kept playing with the same bad habits that I've been pointing out for several weeks now. And it just all kind of seemed to brim and bubble up to the surface. And, and for the first time all year, this Magic team looked like last year's disappointing, terrible, possibly worst... I don't think last year's team was the worst team in Magic history. It was one of the five worst teams in Magic history. Um, and that is just plainly unacceptable, especially for a team that has these playoff aspirations. That a team that started off 6-2... and two, made everyone believe again, and, and, and the belief was warranted. The team, they were shooting the lights out, but it felt like this was a 500 team. It felt like they had an re- inner resolve. I mean, even after the Portland game, you know, a lot of the problems that we saw on Saturday, we saw against Portland, where the team was struggling to get ball movement, forcing things too much. But they, they still had a chance to win that game. They were, in the, they were up by one in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, they, they gave up the 17-0 run, but they still fought back. To me, that showed that they were still willing to fight. They were still willing to do what is necessary to win. And then to come home and lay an egg like this. I mean, it's one thing to lose to the Utah Jazz. It's one thing to, to struggle, to have a bad game. Everyone has a bad game. And, and yes, everything seemed to be in line for the Magic to get a victory in this game. They had the... They had the the, the, the back-to-back advantage. They rested at home for several days. I mean, they, they flew home late from Portland to get extra sleep. They were playing really, really well. There did not seem to be any excuse for the Magic to play this poorly. There was no excuse. Even if the, even if the Magic were playing on a back-to-back, there would have been no excuse for this loss. This, again, these bad losses are more about the losing team than they are the winning team. And the Magic showed a lot of their flaws once again. As I said on Friday's episode of Locked on Magic, the West Coast trip exposed a lot of the Magic's flaws. We know that if you get them into a half-court game, they do not have a great ball creator. Alfred Payton doesn't look 100%, and teams are using length to slow him down. He is not playing well against long point guards. Sean Livingston gave him problems. Um, you know, I think CJ McCollum was guarding him, gave him some problems. Peyton isn't controlling the pace the way that the Magic need him to control the pace on offense. And so in the half court, Orlando is just struggling to get their offense moving. And it's not just that. It feels like, it feels like players are trying to force it too hard. Instead of trusting each other, they're trying to go at it alone. They get the ball and they go for their own shot. We're seeing a lot of possessions where there's just one or two passes. That is not Magic basketball. And the few moments that the Magic were actually good on Saturday, it was when they moved the ball. And that just creates energy for the team. This team does not gain energy from its defense. And that's a problem. Because when the shots stop falling, the defense, gone. And that's a problem. But, okay, this team wasn't expected to be a good defensive team anyway. This team was expected to be a team that played with pace. And so pace is where they get their energy. And so when that pace goes away, the Magic struggle. And the Magic don't know how to create that pace within the half-court offense. That's, that's the big problem for this team, I think. Is the half-court offense, how do you create energy? How do you create ball movement? 
How do you create penetration and get the ball whipping around? Because when they're dribbling too much, they're in trouble. When they get too deep into the shot clock too often, they're in trouble. The Magic don't have a go-to guy. That's, that was always one of their problems. And that's okay. You can play and scheme around it. But that requires execution. And right now, the Magic are not executing at anywhere near a high level. Someone asked me to look at this up, and I did. Entering last night's game, I believe the Magic were uh, in their last seven games, so during this losing streak, um, the Magic were 21st in the league in offensive rating, and I think 22nd or 23rd in defensive rating. So, essentially, during this stretch where the Magic have lost six of their last eight games, the Magic are playing like they did last year. They are not a good team. They're one of the worst teams. And you could pass that off as injuries like, okay, the Magic didn't have a point guard for a few of those games. Okay, you know, the Magic, you know, were adjusting and struggling with, with that issue. But that excuse is gone now. DJ Augustin's back. He'll work himself back in the lineup. Alfred Payton's been back for a while. He's worked himself back in the lineup. There is really no excuse anymore for this. No, none. And so... It's, it's, it, there really isn't much to say. Play with a little bit of effort. Play with a little bit of energy. Offensively, keep the ball moving. Keep the players moving. On defense, you got to play with some physicality. I'm sorry. I, I think that the Magic are just a little bit allergic to contact sometimes. And they're not, they don't use their physicality. Well, Jonathan Simmons is one of the few players that is willing to be physical. He's sometimes physical to a fault. But, you know, you're seeing, you know, I, I don't mean to pick on Nikola Vucevic because I know a lot of people do, but you're, I think I saw last night and, and for the last several games, Nikola Vucevic do the one thing that just annoys the heck out of me, where he doesn't guard either player on the pick and roll. He's kind of in between both. And that just leaves a clearer angle for the point guard to get to the basket or dump it off to the big man when he finally does commit. Vucevic just commits to, to the guard too late on pick and rolls. And I get Vucevic is not a good pick-and-roll player, but I'd rather see him commit too early to the guard and have, have the team have a defender or have a help defender come and help him out on the backside early. Then I'd rather see the Magic be over-aggressive on defense than watch Vucevic drop and be passive. And I think we're even seeing Biombo do it, so it might be a, a scheme thing. But the Magic right now are not playing defense at the level that they need to play at. And again... There isn't a lot of positive to take from Saturday's game. And it's just been a continuation of the struggles that this team has had for the last few weeks where the team isn't able to move the ball offensively. Their defensive energy drops. Their defensive physicality drops because the pace isn't where they like it. And Orlando isn't showing the result that they showed at the beginning of the season. I think what's interesting is... Um, I, I think what's, what's, what's interesting here is that we know Orlando has this in them. We've seen them do it. And it, 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 maybe it feels a little bit like last year when we saw the Magic play defense at this incredibly high level and just let go of the rope. And, you know, at that point, it's all you can say is it's effort. They didn't, they didn't care. They didn't trust each other. They didn't play for each other. This, uh, Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel wrote this uh, today for the Orlando Sentinel. This is a crossroads for the season. This is a tough stretch, no doubt about it. Eight of ten on the road. The Magic are in the middle of a very, very difficult stretch, and it's probably not going to get much better. I mean, if the Magic can get through the next five games with 10 wins, if they're 10 and 11 after the next five games, I think that would be a victory. If they're 9 and 12, does that sound right? Yeah, 9 and 12. 
you're probably still okay, but not in great shape. They just got to survive this and then right their ship. But they got they can't play like they did Saturday. They keep playing like they did Saturday. All those bad habits are going to come in. You know, the Evan Fournier trying to force offense and and you know kind of hold the ball too long. The Nikola Vucevic playing the half-hearted pick and roll defense. All that stuff is gonna gonna come back. Um, certainly, the Magic could use Jonathan Isaac. Um, you know, I see Seven Wilson comments. Could have drafted go-to guy that hurts. You know, yes, the Magic could have drafted a go-to guy in Dennis Smith Jr. But uh, I- I'm happy with Jonathan Isaac. I-, I think that's unfair to put on a rookie. Um, I don't think the Magic would have been able to get rid of Alfred Payton, um, and so that would have caused problems, possibly in the locker room. Uh, I don't think. I don't think honestly. If, if, if I don't like debating, still debating the Dennis Smith, Jonathan Isaac thing. The pick is made. Um, I don't think it's a mistake. I, 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 I'll, I'll say this. I, if I were sitting in that draft, I would have picked Dennis Smith Jr. Um, instead of Jonathan Isaac. But I'm, I don't think the Magic made a mistake picking Jonathan Isaac. I think they would have won with either player. And from all I understand, they were picking between the two. I think the Magic would have won with either Jonathan Isaac or Dennis Smith Jr. I think both players will be very, very good. Um, ultimately, I think what it came down to was Jonathan Isaac fits what the Magic want to build more than Dennis Smith. If you watch Dennis Smith Jr., his defense is not good. It's not. It's 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 Alfred Payton isn't a good defender, but he but Dennis Smith is is not a good defender. And I think the Magic really value defense and. You know, one of the conversations that I had most of last year, and I'll talk a little bit about this when we get to the get to the mailbag. Um, one of the one of the conversations I had last night with a lot of people, and I've had this conversation recurringly throughout the year, and it pops up more when the team loses because things aren't going well. Um, is the Magic need to get rid of some players? Um, you know, and and this is, I think this is important to say. Um, let's not lose. I mean, I, I think. The Magic's hot start got everyone thinking about the short term and thinking, oh, this is a playoff team. And certainly I'm one of them. I, you know, I think we, we are at a point where we can hold them to a standard of saying, you are a playoff team, Orlando Magic. Play like it. We know you can play like it. Um, so um, I, I think that we're at that point where the Magic should be a playoff team. Uh, and we can expect them to be a playoff team. I mean, they're... Eight and eight, they're half game out of the final spot in the playoffs at this juncture of the season. I, you know, even if let's, even if worst case scenario they go one and four in the next five games, which isn't impossible. It's a tough five game stretch. Um, that would put them at nine and twelve. That's still within range. Like I, I, the Magic, the Magic are going through a rough stretch right now, but they are far from out of it. It is a long, long season. They'll. They'll catch fire again. They'll maybe not to the same extent that they were at the beginning of the season, but they'll find themselves again and get themselves going. They'll have a good game. They'll get confidence, and then we'll see where that builds from. I mean, my favorite quote is always: "Is momentum is the next day's pitcher." But, um, but nothing has changed with the long-term view of this team. Remember, I, I've said on the show and I've said uh, online that. This is really a no-lose season for the Orlando Magic. They, they, I do not think the Magic can lose this season. Because either Jeff Weltman and John Hammond and the front office um, gets a playoff team and they've gathered a lot more information. They're like, okay, we, you know, we, we, we have something we can work with here. We don't have to tear everything down. or We don't have to you know, be, be super aggressive you know, trying, to, trying to move pieces out. Or it's a bad team, they get their draft pick, and, and everyone's happy. They get to build that way, too. So you're either going up or you're going down. You either have players that can get you to a playoff team, or you're, you don't, and you'll be in the lottery again, and you get another crack at the lottery. Um, even if the team's in the middle, I think that 
would restore some value in some of their players. But from an evaluation perspective, from an evaluation perspective, this season was all about figuring out who to keep and who to dump. And so the Magic had, you know, the Magic are still gathering that information. And it seems like after every loss, I get one comment saying, Magic need to trade Alfred Payton, Magic need to trade Nikola Vucevic. And I will always say that that might still be the conclusion because we've seen them play for five years. We know their flaws and, and their flaws weren't going away even while the team was playing well. You could still see those flaws. And, uh, you know, I, I would agree with this, too, for, for people who are like, why are the Magic trying to go for the playoffs? Well, it's been five years, and I think fans are hungry for the playoffs. You can see, you can feel the excitement about the team doing well among the fan base. It's just, it was just, there's just a different energy about the team when they were 6-2 and two in first place in the Eastern Conference. It's a very different energy, and, and I think we all craved and wanted that energy again. So I do think the playoffs are a worthy goal and a goal the Magic should pursue because they've got good enough players and this is a good enough team to make it. But in fairness to that, this is a team with a low ceiling. I think when the Magic were 6-2, and two, none of us thought this was a championship team. Most of us knew they were going to fall back to earth and they're falling back to earth. And most of us knew that, yeah, you know, this, this is a team that's still going to have to make moves to take another step up, to take it to the next level. And that's going to include maybe trading some guys or, or moving some guys that are major pieces to this team. Uh, you know, Nikola Vucevic has been a flashpoint for several years now. Uh, and I don't disagree with the conclusion that he's not the center of the future. I don't know if you can win a championship or be a contending team with Vucevic as your starting center. He's done a great job adding the three-point shot to his game, and that's helped transform the magic and helped make them a better team. But his flaws are still apparent. He does not get in the post as much as he should. He is not a physical defender. He's not a rim protector. And that's not a fault of his own. He's, he's gotten better at that, but he's never going to be at the level that the Magic would need. On top of all this, uh, you know, Alfred Payton, too. Two most important positions on the floor, I think, are point guard and center. Uh, and the Magic right now don't have point guards or centers that do what the team needs them to do. They need a center that can protect the rim. They need a point guard that's going to be a threat to score and kind of keep the pace up consistently or execute in the half court in a way that Peyton hasn't. Certainly one that can defend the pick and roll a little bit better. And so the Magic have really lacked that. And I don't think the conclusions change. We've seen these guys play far more than Weltman has. But, you know, they, they had to change those narratives this year. And it's hard to say that they have. It's really hard to say that they have. And so the Magic definitely have to keep those long-term visions in mind. Are you willing to pay Alfred Payton whatever he's going to ask in a contract extension this year? That part I don't know. What are you willing to do with Vucevic? I will say this, and it's a line I've used for several years now. Point guard and center are the two most important positions on the floor. When you have a starter caliber point guard and center, which I think the Magic do now, whether they're high level, high caliber starters, I don't think so, but they're, they're start, I think they're definitely starter caliber as far as talent. When you have that, those kinds of players, you do not give them up without having their replacement in place. I think when the Magic signed Bismack Biyombo, they believed they were getting a Vucevic replacement. That turned out not to be the case. When the, when the Magic acquired Serge Ibaka, I thought, oh, they got their Vucevic replacement now. They're going to move Vucevic. That didn't happen either. So I, I, I hear everyone just saying, you know, we know this doesn't work. Why are we still trying it? Well, Vucevic and Payton are still the best options on the team. I still believe that. Um, you know, Augustin has started to push back back on Peyton a little bit. 
Um, if you start Augustin over Peyton, you might as well just move Peyton now. I, I don't think there's any point in bringing Peyton off the bench with this team. Because if you're bringing him off the bench, you're not re-signing him. So I, 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 I think that there's definitely going to be changes made to this team. I don't think we're looking at a final product as far as the long-term vision. But in the short term, the Magic will need them to play a little bit better. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Leslie Stove's comments uh, about the defense. Uh, actually, Isaac would help out on defense. Iwondo would Iwondo, West Iwondo would help out a lot right now too. Um, I generally agree with that. Uh, I I I don't think Jonathan Isaac's defensive impact is as big as a lot of people think. Like I think it's big for that second unit. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think reinserting Jonathan Isaac is going to suddenly make the magic back into the defensive and offensive juggernaut they were before his injury or in those first eight games. Um, so I, I think that. Excuse me. I think that Isaac helps the defense when he's on the floor, but I don't think he's just this huge impactful player that, that changes the whole landscape of the team. Like I think I don't think taking him off the team like like has happened for the last week. I don't think doing that necessarily changes the dynamics of the team or changes um, changes outcomes of games. Or maybe individual games, but doesn't change like the overall outlook of, of the season. I would say this, if uh, yeah, that's yeah, that is a very good point, Leslie. They are zero four without Jonathan Isaac, but um, you know I'm not con- I, I'm not convinced that he is the reason. Uh, but I will say this: if I were to make a change to the starting lineup, if I were to make an adjustment, when everyone's healthy, of course, my adjustment would be to put Jonathan Isaac at small forward over Terrence Ross and have Ross and Simmons come off the bench to be an off to be kind of an offensive surge, um, because. A, I, I know a lot of people love Jonathan Simmons and want Simmons to start, um, and I don't think that's a terrible idea, um, but I think Simmons works really well with that second unit. I think pairing him with both Augustin and Ross in the second unit creates a much better offensive balance where you can put Simmons on the ball, let him drive with Augustin and Ross uh, spreading the floor out. Um, I think Simmons needs a lot of shots and needs the ball in his hands, and so putting the ball in Simmons' hands takes it out of Alfred Payton's hands, takes it out of Evan Fournier's hands, um, which... I don't think serves them well and certainly takes it out of Aaron Gordon's hands. Um, I would start, if, if I were making a change to starting life, I would start Jonathan Isaac because Jonathan Isaac doesn't need the ball to be successful. He'll come in and play really strong defense, really strong team defense too. Be an energy guy to kind of keep the energy up, keep the ball moving. Uh, and so I think that's really, really important for this team. I think right now the Magic just have too many guys who need the ball in their hands to succeed. Um, you know, a, a lot of people have been critical of Terrence Ross and I actually think Terrence Ross... You know, Terrence Ross needs to make his shots. That's that's the only thing I've, I'll complain about with Terrence Ross. But otherwise, I think he's doing really, really well. He plays pretty solid defense, um, really good team defense, especially. Uh, so he gets a, he gets a fair amount of steals and, and deflects a lot of passes. He, he even though he's not making his shots, he still spreads the floor very effectively. Uh, team uh, players uh, defenses respect him, uh, really respect him. Uh, as a shooter still, even though, and, and his shooting started to come around. I actually, you know, I put in my grades. I, 
in my grades on Orlando Magic Daily, I try to go too positive, too negative. I, I do. I, I am an optimist at heart, so I do try to find positives even in a loss like Saturday's. I was. Pro- I probably gave Aaron Gordon too high of a grade, um, but I gave Terrence Ross a very good uh, a C plus grade too as well, or C grade as well. Because I thought he played pretty well. He's one of the few bright spots. Uh, second quarter, got a little scoring run going. Brought the Magic back to within eight, I believe, at one point. Um, if anything, the Magic need to find a way to get Terrence Ross more involved on offense. I think he's standing around too much, and so his involvement and his energy is something the Magic are lacking right now. And I think they're just—I think they're not using him effectively. To be perfectly honest, um, his shot has come around. I trust his shot. I trust his ability. I would personally. I wouldn't change the starting lineup right now. I think the starting lineup's fine. Um, I think the problem is just team-wide. The energy isn't where it needs to be. Um, I think there are players, you know, Evan Evan Fournier especially, who need to just focus on moving the ball and being a little bit more patient within the offense. Terrence Ross's shot selection can be a little bit bad too, um, but that's that's definitely something else. Uh, Jeffrey Metter um, just commented, we need players in paint so they can rebound. Yes, that's absolutely a problem. Magic are one of the worst rebounding teams in the NBA. Nikola Vucevic's rebounds are way down. Um, Aaron Gordon has been uh, has been okay on the glass, but he definitely lacks a lot of size. Defensive rebounding has been really poor, and I think a lot of that's just the perimeter defense has been bad. They're knocking everyone out of position so that they can't box out. Um, you see that a lot with Vucevic where he'll come over to help, uh, and he's just not in position to box out. And anyways, Vucevic doesn't box out. Aaron Gordon doesn't box out. It's that... The little, the, those little things, like, again, like, those little things, boxing out, keeping the ball moving, cutting off the ball, those are the things that win you basketball games. Um, like, those are the things that win you basketball games. Not the making three-pointers, not, not anything else. The three-pointers come from the ball movement and player movement. Getting out in transition comes from rebounding. This team should be committed doubly to the glass to create the transition opportunities. And right now they're not getting them. And and they need to they need to solve that. And I don't think Bismack Biombo is the issue. I don't think Bismack Biombo is a solution beyond the among a number of reasons. He's not a good rebounder. He's not been a great rebounder this year. He doesn't get rebounds clean. Nikola Vucevic has seen his rebounding decrease over the last few years. Uh, and Aaron Gordon's been a good rebounder, but you know, he definitely gets outmuscled a little bit and, and his boxing his box out technique I think is a little bit sloppy too so Magic overall just need to redouble their focus on the defensive end if they redouble their focus on the defensive end the offense will come fast breaking transition teams their offense comes from their defense so we'll we'll see what happens with we'll see what happens there um, obviously a lot of season left to play we're only 16 games into it the Magic are still 8-8 eight and eight. I mean if you would have told me on October 2nd the Magic would be 8-8 eight and eight with the way their schedule was set up at the beginning remember the start of the schedule is really tough um if you would have told me they'd be eight and eight, I would have been like, "Okay, we can work with that. That 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 that'll play." So, as bad as the Magic have been, and as bad as the Magic were Saturday, Saturday was just one game. I always say that it's just one game. Can't let patterns develop. Can't let habits develop, and that's what concerns me over the last eight games. But we're just sixteen games into the season. There's still a long way to go. The Magic are still in the playoff race. All their goals are still in front of them. They could burn off six of their next eight again and be right back up at the top of the East. The East is really stacked right now. So while they have come back down to earth, we know that there is a higher level of play. We're still, honestly, I I use this analogy all the time. We're still looking for their mean. We still don't know what average magic look like um, because they've either been really good or really bad. So let's, let's find average magic. And honestly, I think average magic, they're about a 500 team. If you look at their statistics, this is roughly a 500 basketball team. And so I think that's ultimately where they're going to fall. Somewhere around 40, somewhere around 38, 39, 40 wins. And we'll see if that's enough to, to keep them in the playoff conversation. Uh, let's move on now to the mailbag portion of today's show. I want to talk 
uh, a little bit about some of your questions. I'll be answering them uh, coming up on the Orlando Magic Daily Mailbag. That'll be hopefully posting on uh, Monday, maybe Tuesday at the latest. There are a few questions I wanted to get to here on today's show. Um, you know, just making sure, just make, just, just talk, talk some of these big uh, issues with the team. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the All-Star Weekend as we get there. Uh, uh, West Farrow emailed me a few weeks back asking, is Jonathan Isaac the, now the player with the highest upside in the Magic, or do you think it is still Aaron Gordon? You know, this, this to me is a really interesting question. Um, a lot of people are still a little confused about whether Isaac and Gordon can fit together. Uh, I share a little bit of that concern. I actually think Isaac might be better as a power forward in the same way that Gordon was. But at the same time, I think Isaac is a little bit more comfortable operating as a small forward on the perimeter than Gordon was when he first came into the league. Uh, so, you know, I think that, you know, when it comes to talent, it's, 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 it's about upside. And certainly Jonathan Isaac has the most upside of any player on the team. And I think we're, we are seeing they're missing a little bit of his energy. They're missing a little bit of his playmaking ability. Or not playmaking ability, but a little bit of his just uh, defensive playmaking ability. That's, that's probably the right way to put it. Um, and, and his offense will come. It's, it's, it's a long way away. Uh, his, his release point, I think, is a little bit inconsistent. I, there, there are just parts of his shot that I don't like um, when I watch it. Uh, so I think that there's still, there's still work to be done with Jonathan Isaac. He's still got a long way to go. Um, Aaron Gordon, of course, is a little bit further along. He's four years into his career now, and he's starting to show flashes of what he can be. Uh, and I don't think we've hit Aaron Gordon's ceiling at all. I think Aaron Gordon will still continue to kind of ascend and rise. The question then um, is, who do you build around? Obviously, there's a financial component involved this summer with Aaron Gordon. You know, are you willing to give Aaron Gordon... Essentially, the way Aaron Gordon's played this summer, this year so far, and if it continues, and it looks like it's going to continue, we'll be asking the question, is Aaron Gordon worth a max contract? That is, that's the question for the Magic this summer. Are you willing to give up Aaron Gordon if he gets a max contract and invest wholly in Jonathan Isaac? That is a huge question, and it sets the direction of the team. Because if you sign Aaron Gordon to a max contract or you, you keep Aaron Gordon to any type of long-term deal, you are committed to building around him. You are committed then to, to kind of making him a, the centerpiece of the team and winning with him sooner rather than later. This isn't, you know, Nikola Vucevic getting a bargain deal. This isn't Evan Fournier getting a $17 million deal, which is a hefty price, but a relative bargain. I mean, I know, I, I still see people who, th who think Evan Fournier is overpaid, but you look at his production. Evan Fournier is properly paid, if not a little underpaid, for what he's done for the Magic this year. So, you know, we're, when you talk about the max guys, when you talk about giving out the, the max contract and the status that comes with it, that means you are committing wholeheartedly to that player, and for that investment, you need to see results. The Magic have not had a max guy since Dwight Howard left. So if Aaron Gordon's going to be that first one, you better be ready to commit to him. And, and this is a question that I'm not going to answer today. This is a question that we'll ask, that I'll leave out there and kind of keep in, keep in the etherverse. And we'll, we'll ask it again in the summer when we have a little bit more data. But this is the question that's got to go in the back of your mind now about Aaron Gordon. Jonathan Isaac's still got time to grow and develop. Um, so to answer, your, to answer Wes's question, yes, Jonathan Isaac is the player with the most upside because I don't know what he's going to be. If he develops offensively, if he grows an offensive game that matches his defense, he is going to be a very good player. Possibly, 
possibly the player that the Magic build around over Aaron Gordon, the player that pushes Aaron Gordon out before that max contract ends. But as far as building around a player right now, right now the Magic need, if, if they're, I mean, they didn't know this when they drafted Isaac. I think uh, to answer the previous question, if they knew Aaron Gordon was going to be this good and someone that they would be willing to put a max contract on, they probably draft Dennis Smith. Because I do think the fit with Isaac is a little awkward. I think they are too similar of players. Jonathan Isaac needs to prove that he can hit outside shots consistently and work on the perimeter. Otherwise, you got two tweener, tweener fours. Having said that, I've said this for several years. I love, love, love the idea. I love the idea of playing a... Um, uh, of playing a uh, um, small forward who's better defensively as a power forward, which I think Isaac is, um, next to Aaron Gordon. I loved the idea of playing Tobias Harris next to Aaron Gordon. I loved that pairing. Because Tobias Harris offensively works better as a three, but defensively works better as a four. Aaron Gordon works better offensively as a four and defensively as a three. So I thought they complemented each other really well. So really disappointed to see that pairing split up because I really love the potential of that. And on top of that, you get Har- you get Harris Gordon or you get Gordon Isaac, they can switch. So, you know, I, I think it's too early to-, to give up on it or to say wholeheartedly this was a mistake, that the fit does- isn't there. It's still very, very early in both, in both their career, certainly Isaac's career. So I, I don't want to-, to-, to do that, to, to say that. But... You know, again, I was a Dennis Smith guy during the draft. I probably, I like Jonathan Isaac a lot, but I probably still would have drafted Dennis Smith if I were the Magic's GM or in charge of things for the Magic. Um, but I think this Isaac Gordon thing can work, but I do think that the that there is definitely a lot more questions, and especially with Gordon's uh, contract future up in, up in, up in the air, uh, it, it's hard to say, uh, you know, whether that's where they want to go. But again, I, I think what's important to ask right now, the question that you want to ask right now regarding free agency is it, are you willing to give Aaron Gordon a max contract and all the attention and responsibility that comes with it? Because max contract is a term of art almost. Um, it, it doesn't actually mean anything. But to fans, to people that expect certain things from players of that status, and there are more players in that status than probably should be, but that's the market. When you become that status, something more is expected of you. And, and honestly, the player expects more from the team. To achieve that status and make good on it. Because these guys, you know, once you get the money, what's left to do but win? And so if you don't win and you can't make any more money, you're going to look to go somewhere else. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league. Helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, Jeffrey Metter actually asked a question that, that was kind of asked, but I didn't really want to address it in, in this setting, but I'll, I'll answer it real fast. I know the season just started, but who will be free from other teams next year? Uh, I don't have the free agent list uh, in front of me. Um, I will say this, um, when it comes to free agency, as things stand right now for the Magic, they'll have cap room entering the summer. They'll have, I think the raw number is somewhere a little bit more than $20 million per year 
$20 million in cap room or $25, $26, 27000000 million, somewhere between $20 and $30 million of cap room next summer. However, most of that is going to go to Aaron Gordon and, Alfred, and possibly Alfred Payton. So in reality, the Magic will probably have, I think the number I've been working under is somewhere between 13 and 16 or $17 million in cap space. That's not enough to sign a max guy. Um, that's probably enough to get at another solid bench player, maybe a starter. So I think that the Magic's main mode this offseason to improve will be the draft. I don't think the Magic will neglect the draft no matter where they land. Um, and the next place to improve is trades. Uh, like I said, this is a no-lose season for the Magic. I think this is a season of evaluation. It's a season to kind of kick the can down the road another year because of the bad contracts they, they sent out last year. Um, DJ Augustin's now become eminently more marketable if that's the direction they want to go. Bismack Biombo will only have two years left on his deal. He'll become more marketable. Um, Shelvin Mack has a non-guaranteed deal, so he's probably, you know, that, that, as things stand right now, I don't know if he'd be back, but you never know. Uh, and then, of course, uh, and then of course, his contract becomes valuable at the draft because it doesn't expire until July. And so I, I don't know when his guarantee date is, but depending on when his guarantee date is, um, he, his his money is still on the books to help with trade, help make salaries match with trades. Um, and then uh, one more guy, uh, Evan Fournier's contract also one year closer, and so might be a little bit more palatable for for teams to take on in a trade. So. Again, this summer is not the summer for the Magic to strike in free agency, barring something happening before February. We'll, we'll deal with free agency a little bit closer toward the end of the season. It is still a little bit early, but if, you, if you're looking to the summer to, for a way to improve this team and get better, the Magic will have a little bit of cap room, a little bit of cap room to, to play with this summer, but most of that's going to go to Aaron Gordon and possibly Alfred Payton. So what the Magic do with Gordon and Payton it will really determine uh, what they do with the rest of their summer. Um, you know, we'll, we'll I'll probably have to delete that question because it's about this 10-game stretch. Um, you know, Jonathan Leonard, uh, and several people have asked me this, um, Jonathan Leonard asked, such an exciting start to the season. With that said, which players are most likely to be traded? Uh, Peyton for the win at I like this team 11 asked, what should be the focus for short-term roster improvement, backup center, or backup point? That's definitely a, a big question is, is, okay, so the Magic are going for the playoffs right now. And they are looking to, you know, maybe make a move to get in the playoffs. Where do they go? Well, this will be the last question I answer here. But, you know, I think when it comes to trades, I don't think we'll see the Magic make any short-term moves. Yes, they want to make the playoffs. And I don't think they'll make a trade that will hurt their playoff chances. But I don't think they're going to make some short-term move to bring in a veteran to make sure they make the playoffs. The only thing they'll, def they'll probably do is trade Mario Azonia if they can find anyone to take him. So I don't believe the Magic are going to look at specific needs to make the playoffs. So let's say you know we get to February, the Magic are a game out of the playoffs, you know, or or let's say let's say they're two or three games out of the playoffs and and looking like they're slipping. I don't think the Magic make a short-term move there. I think ultimately, when it comes to player transactions, the Magic will be keeping a long-term view in mind. So if the Magic do make a trade or do make a deal, I honestly, I think it's going to involve one of their bigger players. I think it would be a Nikola Vucevic deal or an Evan Fournier deal. And I think it would be to bring in someone that they think fits this lo the long-term vision of this team. Now, 
if they're way out of the playoffs, maybe they do a cap-clearing move, and, and that would probably be a Nikola Vucevic or Terrence Ross deal. Um, it, yeah, honestly, with the way that Jonathan Isaac has played early on, and, and like I said, I, I like the idea of starting Jonathan Isaac, and the way Jonathan Simmons has played, the most likely player on the roster he could trade to me is Terrence Ross. He's got two years left, including this year, on a very reasonable deal. Uh, and, and I think that he would be a player that could help a, a team, down, team somewhere down the road. Um, everyone knows what he can do at this point. Uh, and so I think that he does have some value. So if the Magic could flip, you know, if the Magic do get to the point where they're looking to flip him for future assets, that would be a, that would be a player that they might look to move. Um, you know, I, I think that Ross is very tradable, um, and I think I think a lot of a lot of teams again a lot of teams know what he can do. And so um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me once the trade market begins to pick up again that you hear Terrence Ross's name bandied about. Um, I think a lot of teams would really value what he can do, especially if they're trying to make a move up the chain in the playoffs. Um, and again, it depends where the Magic are. I don't think the Magic will make a move that will immediately hurt their playoff chances this year if they're still in the playoff race. If they fall out of the playoff race, all bets are off. Um, all bets are off. But they would. I think the Magic would only make a deal if it helps them in the short term and helps them in the long term. But mostly if it helps them in the long term. I think that they will give up some short-term gains to clear something out or bring in a player that they really like for the long term. That's why I don't think we saw them really get involved in the Eric Bledsoe deal, although I heard rumors that the Magic were, were in, interested at, at one point or did, did look at it. But the team was playing so but from what I understand, the team was playing so well, they didn't want to mess up chemistry, and I think that was the right move. The Magic didn't want to hurt anything for the long term. And they were playing well. It didn't seem to make sense to make that kind of a move. So I think that that was, I think honestly, I think that was the right decision. I know Eric Bledsoe would probably have solved a lot of the Magic's problems right now. Um, and I, 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 could, I don't think I could put together a package that would make it work. But, you know, I think that is the kind of move that the Magic might look to make. Something that doesn't kill them long term. Uh, something that helps them long term. Uh, but doesn't hurt them short, short term. That, to me, is the direction the Magic want to go with their trade analysis and with their trade um, decision-making at the moment. I don't think the Magic are going to just sell off pieces, um, especially if they're in the playoff race. They want to make the playoffs this year. They're not going to sell out. They're not going to sell the farm to make the playoffs this year and just be an 8 seed. They're not going to be the Milwaukee Bucks in 2012 when they got J.J. Redick. Um, but I do think that the Magic will... Or 2013... Um, no, it was 2012. Sorry, I'm um, getting my ears confused. Um, but I do think that the Magic want to. I do think that the Magic want to 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 kind of keep the long term in mind with all these with any off season move they make. Um, they're not gonna they're not gonna just go for a quick hit a quick hit of the playoffs. They're gonna be smart. They're gonna be patient. They know what they have can work. If you know their game out of the playoffs, when the trade deadline comes around, they're not going to make a move to to completely disrupt chemistry unless it helps the long term vision of the team and makes the team better in the short term. I think right now the Magic are willing to sit and evaluate things and see where it goes. That doesn't mean there won't be a minor move on the on the perimeter or something closer to the deadline. Like I said, I, I feel like Terrence Ross is getting squeezed out a little bit, um, and 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 he'd be a very very attractive trade target in my opinion, but. 
we'll see what happens. There's a lot of season left to play. It's not really even the trade time of the year. Um, Eric Bledsoe was kind of a special deal. Um, we'll, we'll see the trade market pick up a lot more in January, and we'll talk a lot more about it then. But that's kind of where I think the Magic go. Um, as far as needs, I still think the Magic need everything. They need better point guard play. They need better center play. They need a perimeter score. Like, these are big needs, that, and they're, I don't think they're needs you can solve in the middle of the season. I think they're needs that you solve through the draft and in, in the trade process after, during the offseason. I, I just don't think the Magic are in a position right now to, uh, to really address their major needs um, overall. Um, either like this team's depth or you don't. Um, I like DJ Augustin, what he's done so far this year, so I think you stick with him at the back of point guard. Um, you know, maybe you can prove your bat, your center spot, but Bismack Biombo is not going anywhere, so you're kind of stuck with him. You don't want that dead money there. Um, you do want to play him, and I don't. I, I don't think Biombo's played as bad as people think. He has not been good. He's certainly not been 17 million dollars good. But bench center, he mixes things up. He's played okay defense, um, especially around the basket. Not consistent as consistent as you would like, but I don't think he's a complete waste on the floor. I think he's actually done some good things on on the floor for this team. But um, you got Mo Spates there too, who should be playing a lot more than he is. Personally, um, I think that the Magic need need the energy that he brings, um, and just from a shot making. Again, this team gets its energy from its shots. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely a long way to go. Uh, you know, the, the the big message from this from this day is you're never as bad as you think you are. You're never as good as you think you think you are. And momentum is the next day's pitcher. What I want to see happen is Orlando come out Monday against the Indiana Pacers and play with heart and energy and. Take it to them. Indiana's coming from Miami tonight. They play against the Heat on Sunday. Uh, the Magic have to take advantage of those opportunities and play with energy and play like they don't have a game tomorrow or play like this is the most important game of the year and play with urgency. That's what's really been missing is the Magic kind of got comfortable. They didn't. They stopped playing with urgency and energy. And, and you, you saw that. I mean, Portland, I thought the first quarter against Portland was as well as the Magic have played in a, in a couple weeks. And then they just kind of let go of the rope. They got complacent. They got comfortable. And so you just got to find a way to make this Magic team a little uncomfortable, uh, you know, play with the urgency and the, and, and the lack of comfort that this isn't easy. We've got to work for this, and we've got to be willing to put in the work for this. Uh, and that's really where the Magic are at right now, where they've got to put the work in. Um, you know, this is gut check time right now. This is a tough stretch of the schedule. You know, I'm not expecting the Magic to come out over 500 on this stretch of the schedule anymore. Um, if they if they can get two of the next five, I think that would be very successful for this team. I think that are not very successful, but that would be good for this team. That would keep the boat steady. That would kind of level things off a little bit, and then we can begin, you know, figuring out how to how to move forward. Although Oklahoma City and Golden State await after this uh, this next road trip coming up starting on Wednesday. Uh, so. Orlando definitely has its work cut out for it. It's not an easy road ahead for this team. Um, it's It might get a little bit worse before it gets better, but you want to see signs that the team is playing with the right energy, playing with the right effort, playing together, trusting each other, and maybe they can steal a win here or there and get themselves back on the right foot. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for watching the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live as well as listening on Locked on Magic. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. That's philiprr underscore omd. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic as well as like the Facebook page at Locked on Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast and listening device. Be sure to check us out every Sunday at noon for the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. I'll be hosting a Facebook Live just like this one. Every Sunday at around noon, uh, we'll talk Orlando Magic. I want to interact directly with you and hear what you have to say, hear your questions, and answer them as best that I can, as well as discuss the week that was in the Orlando Magic. 
Uh, on top of all this, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You already follow Orlando Magic on, Daily on Facebook, so if you don't, do that now. It's like the like button somewhere over there, probably up up the page. Just scroll up after the video is done here and click like if you have not already. Um, likes have been coming in. We'll, we'll get, we'll get to 1,000 before the end of the season, I think. Um, but I want to see that. I want to see that increase. Tell your friends, too. Tell your friends to follow Orlando Magic Daily. If they want to know more about the Orlando Magic, hopefully the good times will be back again. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for watching on Facebook Live as well as listening on Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Mike. I will see you all again on Tuesday for another episode of Locked On Magic. And see you next Sunday for another episode of the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 